You are listening to The Real Faith Stories Podcast, interviews with people who chose to boldly follow their faith. I'm your host, Brian Robinson. Now, let's meet our guest and hear their story. Johnny Walsh, welcome to Real Faith Stories, man. Really good to have you on the program. Man, it's good to be here. Really looking forward to digging into your story specifically related to how God has taught you to listen to him on behalf of your clients. And the clients that you serve are in the marketing space, right? Advertising, correct? Mostly entrepreneurs and small businesses. I do a lot of branding, but I do do a lot for advertising as well. Okay. Let's talk about where you grew up and you had this experience of coming to the Lord and then you actually walked away from him came back, and then you moved into this whole marketing space. I'd love to hear how you got into that, and then we'll dig into the hearing from the Lord piece. Absolutely. My parents, they were Jesus people in Miami. Both of them had really rough lives and were involved in doing things they shouldn't be doing. (laughs) Let's just say that. And they met at a place called World Ministry Outreach, which was like a kind of like Christian hippie commune type thing. You know, guys on this side, girls on that side, never should the two meet and love the Lord. My dad was in a band. It was the band that first coined the term Christian contemporary music. He was in a New Dawn and he was the bass player and a songwriter for New Dawn. Yeah, him and my mom got married and they just felt like what they had to do was reach out to people who had been in their situation. My dad's father was murdered when he was seven. And my mom had an amazing family, really big family, but a father was an alcoholic and was trying to navigate around that. So she left and she was on the streets for a part of her life. And so, yeah, Jesus brought them out of that. So what they wanted to do was work in rehabilitation centers and share, you know, the Jesus that uh, saved them to everyone they can. So They became evangelists. They moved around a lot. As a kid, I lived on site at a lot of different drug rehabilitation rehabilitation centers, sorry, with uh, my older sister, Joy. And um, after a while, they settled in Greenwood, South Carolina. We're originally from Miami. He began to pastor there. So it was, I've always been in church and I've, I've always known of God, but it wasn't until I got older where it was that place of actually meeting him and knowing him for myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. What was that like? When did that happen? I had experiences where I met the Lord, you know, at a very young age. I believe I I gave my heart to the Lord when I was five. And, And I remember as a kid having parents who were, I guess people would call them seers. Mm hmm. And raising me as a child where it's like I knew things were different because people say they don't see what I'm looking at that I can see, you know, and and even having impressions and just knowing things without like having a real reason to know them. And my parents, even at that age, was like, that's the Holy Spirit. Give me an example, Johnny. I remember one time as a young kid walking out of a choir room at a church that my parents were on staff with and... I walk out of the choir room, I'm probably about 11 years old, and I don't really have words for it. And if I get emotional, I get emotional, you know, whenever I even visit this. But I remember hearing a voice say, hey, Johnny. And it was like, it was like a best friend who I'd known my entire life. 
And uh, like I whip around and I'm like, hey, and I see him. I'm like, hey, how are you? And then it begins to really click in my head that this knowing that I'm having for whatever it is that I'm seeing and communicating with doesn't make sense because I've never seen this in my physical. The best way I can describe it was sitting on its backside, almost like a crisscross applesauce is what they call it now, like with my kids. Yeah. From the butt of this creature to the head of this creature that was almost touching the ceiling in this uh, this hang down part of a church, I would say is probably about 10 to 12 feet. And it was almost touching the ceiling with its head and it was sitting there. It was made out of what looked like stone marble. The hairs, I could even zoom in and like like see like how the hair was blowing like there was a wind, but there was no wind in the sanctuary. And it was looking at me, its eyes. I mean, everything was marble. Everything was like a living stone. It was beautiful. Like I could see the hairs individually blowing. And I'm like, wait a minute, what is this? And it's just gone in an instant. Mm. But it was this feeling of not not any type of fear. It was like, I knew this. Like, what is this? There's little things like you see something in your room at night or you hear something talking to you that I could tell you stories about being younger. But that's like one of those places where it was like, okay, now I'm going from being a little kid into like the preteen. And I knew it was of God. It's that feeling. Like it, it was not like just like a familiar feeling. It was a family We've always been connected feeling. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's my guardian. I, I would call it my guardian angel, but I would call it a heavenly creature that Papa had around me because I, I still feel that feeling from time to time, even though I have never seen that creature, that angel since. But I've had that same feeling so many times. I love that you heard your name in a like super familiar voice, like best, yeah. best friend voice. That's so powerful. It totally changes it. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Yeah. So you've had these experiences over the years, and then you you gave your life to the Lord, like you said, at five. That's your Mm -hmm. best recollection. And then you walked away from the Lord. Tell us what happened there. Well, I mean, I could say it was church hurt, but to be honest with you, like it was always kind of one foot in, one foot out. Being a kid growing up in church with leaders of the church, I mean, it's that, that whole PK thing. Like... Where things are so close to you, you don't really know what they are anymore. You know what I mean? I do. Tend to over-mystify things instead of see everything as being as wonderful and mystical as God made it to be. Like, so everything had to be so extravagant if it was really the Lord, right? Oh, you know? And yeah. So, I mean, for me, I knew the Lord was real, but I always wanted to fit in. This was kind of at a time, too, where, I mean, I've heard it said so many times, and me as a father and a minister, it definitely hits hard to home for me. Your first ministry is your family. And and I kind of feel in the 80s, it wasn't so much seen as that way. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it was more like kids are meant to be seen and not heard and less spoken to. And it wasn't so much like my ministry is my first family. It was like, I'm a minister and you need to be here and do what I'm telling you to do type thing. Not that it was bad. I'm not trying to shed a bad light on it. But it was this place, parents were always doing ministry, kind of felt as if I didn't know my place or even who I was living in low income. And we were a low income house, a low income family. So for me, it was just like, I know friends who are in gangs. I know friends who are doing this route. So like for me, it was always this kind of enticed 
with what's going on in the world? How do I fit in with my friends over here? Because I feel alone if I'm not. I feel misunderstood because I don't have the same kind of churchy language as like all these other people. So for me, I was always kind of in and out. Mm -hmm. Um, Loving the Lord, always trying to experience Him instead of trying to encounter Him, though. Explain the difference, please. An encounter would be... Have you ever been in like that type of a conversation with someone that you think that you've known, you think that you can speak for them, but then you're like, wait a minute, that's not how I feel. That's not who I am. That's not this. And you're like, but, but I could have sworn it was this. It was like, it was assuming. So I would say not that an experience is bad, but an experience doesn't always mean that you know. I think an encounter brings you into intimacy. An encounter is something that I can have face to face holding someone's hand I think a an experience could be like us on the phone right now. This is an experience we're having. Can it lead to encounter? Absolutely. But uh, I, I think they're just a little bit different and one can lead to the other. So when you decided to take both feet and plant them outside of your walk with the Lord, how old were you when that happened? <laughs> so I was always in and out, like bobbing and weaving, right? <laughs> My parents had finally settled in at this church, and my dad was one of the pastors at a church in South Carolina. And it just kind of given everything to the Lord. Like, I'm here, I'm going to do this, I'm the the associate pastor, I'm going to be the best associate pastor I possibly can. And he had kind of seen some things that were going on in the church with people in the church who were doing things that were, let's just say, extra. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had he had gone to those people and been like, I noticed that this was going on. I found out about this extra relationship and this extra thing with money over here and all of these things. Like, I, I need you to go to the main pastor and tell him what is going on and what you've been doing. And I want to help walk with you through this. I don't want to leave you alone, but like, you've got to own up to what what you've done and what you've been hiding. And and he gave he gave the person extra time. Like, I think it was like twenty four hours or forty eight hours and. Then he went to that person and they were like, oh, I already went to the pastor and that this person had totally gone with a whole bunch of other people and shed an other than story mm. to the pastor, you know, wow. and I kind of put my dad in this hot seat and where it looked like my dad trying to spread discontent. Yeah. And, uh, and it just, it, it maimed my father. It hurt my father really bad. So for me, when there's already one foot out and one foot in, and I would honestly say I had one full foot out and like maybe a heel in. It was just the perfect excuse for me to say, you know, like, God, you're cool, but I can't stand your people. I've never fit in here. The people I would bring to church, I'd bring like gangsters, cholos. I'd bring goth kids and punk rockers and all this. And and I'd even have elders sometimes come up and be like, hey, what are you doing bringing this type? Don't you know you're bringing demons to the church? And I would look at him and be like, hey, isn't that the perfect place for these people to be? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't understand. Like, if, if we're supposed to be like Jesus, then... Can I be like him too? So for me, it was this whole thing of like, you know what? Peace, I'm out. I remember saying, God, you can come with me now. I'm not stepping foot in a church again. Like all these people are the same. Total church hurt. I was in the Navy, got injured, got out of the Navy. And I just decided, hey, I'm just going to hit it hard. And started DJing a lot, and partying a lot, and drinking a lot, and fighting a lot. I had moved from South Carolina in 2000 to Southern California and thinking this will help me to get out of the element that I'm in. And there's that one saying that's like, wherever you go, there you are. Yeah. You didn't deal with the issue at the roots, Johnny. It was just like, you thought you could just trim a couple leaves. I got to California and blew it up. 
got deeper into things that I thought that I was getting out of. And, you know, like one day you're just kind of sitting there and realizing like, hey, my life is a mess. Like there's actually a green light on my head and people want to see me dead in the city that I'm in. Like, how did this happen? And I remember me and my wife being invited to a church in San Diego called The Rock. And uh, she had never been to church. She was raised in an atheist family. Her mother was a spirit-filled believer and worshiper who got hurt in a relationship with her father. And when she went to the church, the church had said, like, you're going to have to pray that out for yourself. Like, that's not our business. Wow. And for her, it hurt so bad that she decided to walk away from the Lord. She's like, you told me to marry this man. And this happened. So just giving you a little bit of the insight on me and my wife and where our life was. There was Mm -hmm. a lot of hurt there. But she turns to me in this service and says, Johnny, like, I feel like I'm supposed to go forward for this altar call. If you know anything about The Rock San Diego, it's a few thousand people in each one of their services. And I think they do like four or five services on a Sunday. Very small church. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So like those altar calls are bringing like a hundred people at the front, you know, and you're like, dude, I'm not trying to get all up in there. So (laughs) even though I felt a tug, but she's like, I'm going. I was like, okay. I said, let me go with you. I don't want you to go alone. I know what this is all about, but let me just make sure you're good. But really inside, it's like, I'm following my wife in here to, you know, dedicate my my life back. Man, I'm so glad. You know, it was this point where it was like, you know what? I've tried it my whole life and I failed. And I know you're real, so how about I actually get real with you? Right on. It was that moment of let me be real by being in you. Let me find out who I am by knowing who you are. After that happened, Johnny, what was it that started to change? What did you experience? It was little changes at first, right? I mean, like looking back now, you're like, was I even saved? But yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's all these little changes that continue to kind of happen and, and you walk deeper in. And I had gone into advertising. I started not liking what I was having to do in the office. Not saying advertising is bad, but I mean, sometimes you're working in some weird spots. I decided I wanted to try to do some freelance myself or rethink what I was doing. And a friend of mine had opened up a clothing creative firm. And when all they did was create clothing brands. So I became his art director. I moved over from advertising into fashion design and uh, started designing clothing lines for startups all the way to celebrities. And I came in one day. It was super early. I was going to get there before the office was open. I, I unlocked the door. I'm walking upstairs and And I'm hearing something from downstairs around the corner. I'm like, I didn't see anybody down there. What is that? Is there somebody down there? And I started hearing this weird talking, like almost like a different language. And I remember walking down the stairs and then peeking in one of the offices down the hallway. And there was my boss with this other guy who has become a brother in my life. His name is Paul Dabdu. And I remember Paul was speaking in tongues, laying his hands on Andy. And he was prophesying over Andy, too. Andy was my boss, the CEO of the company. I'm like, what the heck is this? Because I remember as a kid, I remember, Brian, like these little old ladies in church would walk up and be like, oh, there's such a calling on your life and you're called to be a prophet to the nations and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, dude, what are you guys doing? This is kind of kooky and weird. I don't understand what you're doing. You're going to be a minister, a mighty man of God, just like your father. And, And I kept thinking like, They've given everything and they're so spent and they don't even have time for family. I don't want that, Lord. Sure. You know, like I can't do that because I don't feel connected to them. So God, please don't make it so I can't connect to my children. And I equated, ooh, it's hit me hard. 
I equated ministry and being in the Lord to not being connected to loving people. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and that's exactly what it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know? So I'm like, all these things start flooding back. And this dude turns around and looks at me as I'm trying to turn around and get out. And he's like, hey, I see something over you. And I'm like, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, what do you see? And like me, I'm, I'm still at this place where, you know, like I've given my heart to the Lord, but I'm not like really moving in anything of the Spirit because. In my head, I'm trying to figure out what all I went through and what all was real and what all wasn't. I'm trying to figure out who God is in regards to what my relationship is with Him instead of what my parents' relationship was. Yeah. I didn't even speak in tongues anymore. I remember as a kid speaking in tongues, but I was like, dude, I don't even know if that's real. Like, I'm not going to go there anymore. You know, then the, the craziest thing, Brian, is like my whole body felt as if I had just got electrically zapped, like physically. So let me pause for clarity. Yeah. Paul looks at you and he says, hey, I see something over you. You're like, you're trying to get out of there. Yeah, so fast. <laughs> what, what did he see over you? What did he say? He said, I'm seeing this discernment on you. He's like, you, you know things far before you should, and you see things, and you hear things, and you feel things. And he starts going into some personal stuff, starts going into some stuff that like, there's no way in the world he would have ever known, into my struggle and into different things. I'm just kind of like sitting there like, how in the world does he know this if it's not from God? Because that's where this guy's coming from. And even into this place that started hitting, like, I would always joke around and say, I know trends. And I would know trends long before they would hit. I would see things. And for me, I didn't understand what that was. But, you know, like, oh, dude, like friends that would always joke around, like, Johnny's psychic. Watch this. He can tell you, like, stuff about you. And uh, and it's like, and it's like, no, I know I'm not psychic. I don't think that's it. I think it's just like I'm, I'm, I'm open to seeing what's obvious that people don't see. But it was more than that. And he started playing on that with the discernment word that he was giving me and and telling me that, like, Johnny, I don't know you, but like, there's, there's a gift of prophecy on you. And there's this gift of provision where you're able to bring people into a place of provision with their businesses and da 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 da. da. And I'm like, dude, come on, man. You know, I'm an art director. You know, I'm a branding officer. You know that I do all this stuff with people. You have to, right? But like, I'm looking at Andy's like, Johnny, I haven't told him anything about you. I haven't even told him who works here. And it hit me because now I'm going to this church that is, great church. I wasn't at the rock anymore. It was a different church and, and I'm co-leading worship there, but it's, it's a very seeker friendly. And I remember they would say the weirdest thing we probably do is raise our hands. You can do it really low. And we call that holding the Turkey. You can put them midway and it's like, I surrender hands up, or you can just put them all the way up in the air and just, you know, like that's about as weird as we get. And they would even call it weird. And I remember, wait a minute, you know, like, this is some Holy Spirit stuff. Because this is really like, I feel something vibrating and changing inside me. Like it was being called into order or even called into peace. How awesome. How confirming for Paul to say that by the Spirit. Yeah. Oh my goodness. What happened after the experience? It caused this hunger in me to dive back into the Word and to really find out who are you because I just encountered you. Yeah. I didn't just experience you. I, I encountered you. I know you. It's that feeling like I felt when I walked out of that choir room. I know you. Mm. How do I know you? When did I meet you? Like, what is going on right now? And everything, just so many questions, right? But I remember just like continuing to dive in and 
my worship started changing. I'm no longer just standing there with a microphone singing and, and trying to perform, but I'm actually like dancing around and something that we just don't do at this church. And people are like, I love this. And there's like this crazy weird worship is just happening. I'm like, God, I don't know what's going on. You're making me a weirdo. Like, <laughs> I can't stop crying. I can't stop laughing. I can't stop dancing. And and I don't know what the heck you did to me. And uh, I remember even like having pastoral, like needing to sit down with me and, hey, what's going on with you? Like, we, we really noticed the Lord's moving on you. And I'm like, well, what's up? And I remember weird things like a friend of ours who was at the church had just fallen. He was doing security for the church and it's a large church. He had tripped over a raised plant bed kind of curb, I guess we'll call it, like a little brick kind of curb around these plant beds. And he put his hands out to catch himself, but he locked his elbows and it shattered both of his arms oh, man. up to his shoulders. And he was in like a double arm cast. I remember going to church that morning thinking, Kyle needs to be prayed for because I, I keep seeing these two arms turn like this like glowing light out of these arms. And these arms were turning gold. And it was Kyle's. And I was like, I got to pray for him. God's going to heal him. What else could that mean? And I remember walking up to him and say, Kyle, I heard the Lord say that he's going to heal your arms today if I pray for you. And I just want to be obedient and, and do what he says. Can I pray for you? And he's like, uh, okay. And uh, he had just gotten them out of a cast and they were in a sling. And one, he couldn't lift at all. The other one, he could kind of lift. And I start praying for him. And there's this loud, like kind of snap. And I'm like, oh Lord, what is that? <laughs> like there's there's people coming up to us in the field, like 10 people surrounding us, like what's going on? Because this isn't what we do at this church. Yeah. And I'm praying for him. And all of a sudden he begins to raise his arms that he couldn't raise. The Holy Spirit fell and people were feeling it. And I'm like, I don't have a, I don't have an explanation. This is off the grid of my explanation, my explanations. Like, yeah. and uh, he's like, whoa, like, there's absolutely no pain. I can lift this, which I couldn't do before. And and I can almost lift this one. I started praying for that almost one. And then they both went straight up. I love it. The next day he goes to a doctor and the doctor's like, your, your arms are healed. This is crazy. And then other people started coming up and the pastoral's like, what's going on with Johnny? This is a little strange. This is a little weird. We don't have a grid for this either. Uh, long story short, not bad, anything that happened there, but we were just called to leave there maybe a year and a half after that but it was just like strange things were happening it's it, it was one of those places where i can totally attribute it to what happened in that office as being like a portal if you will or, or, or like a gateway into truly knowing instead of just trying to piece it together it's like you were recommissioned yeah big time so with respect to your marketing efforts now Mm -hmm. You hear from the Lord on behalf of your clients, don't you? You've got yeah, quite I like a, to tell people I cheat. <laughs> that's right. I mean, you see trends way out there. The mm -hmm. Holy Spirit shows you, and you also see things that will bless your clients with respect to their ability to gain new clients themselves. Absolutely. Give us a couple examples. I'd love to hear some of those stories. I can give you a recent one that happened just a couple weeks ago. There's a amazing plant shop in Oceanside, California. And I'd say about a year and a half ago, they reached out to a coffee shop that I'm art director at. They wanted us to come up there because they wanted to turn their plant shop into a plant shop slash coffee shop. So we go up there and we're helping them out with some stuff and helping them get their coffee down and just kind of teaching them the, the ins and outs of that side of the business. I had established a friendship with them 
through that. They reached out to me last November and they're like, hey, we're wanting to do a complete revamp in our branding and we're wanting to do clothing and merch. And we see all the people that you're doing clothing design for and that you're doing art direction for and branding for. Like, we, we want to reach out to you. Like, can you, can you brand us? And we want a new look. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I would love to. We set the time we're supposed to meet up and everything. And, and I'm talking to my wife the next day. And I was like, dude, I'm, I keep seeing this thing for them where it's, it's like a coffee mug and the steam coming out of this coffee mug is making a monstera leaf. Like, I don't know if you know what a monstera plant is, but it's those big tropical leaves that kind of have the holes in them. So I saw this steam coming out of the coffee and making these steam leaves kind of hang over the cup. And I was like, wow, I said, that's really cool, you know? And so I start pinning it out a little bit before I go to Illustrator, Adobe Illustrator. And uh, I reach out to him and I'm like, hey, I'm kind of seeing this thing with a coffee mug and the steam forming, you know, monstera leaves. And they're like, shut up. I'm like, what? what's going on? They're like, and she sends me these snapshots of what they had been drawing and what they had kind of been seeing. And it was this coffee mug that was turning into monstera leaves. The steam coming off the top were turning into monstera leaves. She was like, wow, you're just, you're, you're really plugged in to us. And it's like, yeah, I am. But the way that I'm plugged into you is the Holy Spirit. And, and I'm not trying to do the whole Bible thump thing. It's kind of one of those things where I remember early on, I'd be like, yeah, I did see this because this kind of stuff happens all the time. But early on, I'd be like, yeah, it's because the Holy Spirit's saying this and because Jesus wants this and da, 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 da. And, and then a lot of times you don't hear those clients call back. <laughs> you know, so it's been one of those things where it's like, I want people to know that I'm a part of their dreams. I'm a part of their hopes. I'm a part of what they're creating. And it's my desire for them to create things. I guess I hate this word, but I'm going to use it secularly. Growing up when I was a kid, it was you do things for the church, that's ministry, and you don't do things for the world. And if you're going to build a clothing brand, then it's got to be a clothing brand that puts John 3.16 on their shirts, you know, <laughs> like yeah. God's gym instead of gold's gym kind of stuff, which is cool too. Don't get me wrong. That's its own place. But the Lord wants to be a part of all of your business, like all of your personal business, all of your financial business, all of your family business. So he definitely wants to be a part of what you're doing entrepreneurially. It's his desire for you to thrive. It's his desire for you to prosper. He's got so many plans for us. Like everybody wants to talk about Jeremiah 29, 11. But the thing that the Lord has put to me is like, I want you to remind them of Jeremiah 29, 1 through 10. They don't have to be jettisoned out of Babylon to start thriving. Wow. In 29, 1 through 10, you start seeing, hey, like the prophecy isn't that you're leaving Babylon and, and, and going back to Israel. That's not it. The prophecy is that you are Israel. So you don't have to wait to go back to Israel. And now that you're exiled in Babylon, I want you to turn Babylon into Israel. It's this place of, I want you to have daughters and I want you to have sons. And I want you to marry your sons off and marry your daughters off. And I want you to plant things and I want you to have farms and I want you to start businesses. And here's the crazy part. I want you to pray for Babylon to prosper because when Babylon prospers, so shall you. It was a, if I want to get like a... Christian ease with it. It's a extend your tent pegs moment. It's a, I can have you thrive in Babylon and stimulate Babylon's culture to where Babylon's culture becomes the culture of Israel instead of Babylon. And I'm just saying yes to that. I, I remember someone saying once that 
I believe it was an apostle named Damon Thompson. And he said, Enoch was taken up to heaven. But what if Enoch said, Lord, I want to walk with you like this, but here on earth and show others how to walk with you like this. And it really resonated with me. Like, do I want this take me out of here, jettison me out of here moment? Or do I want this teach everyone how to walk through this the right way type thing in my life? And I think that's the legacy that I want to give. And I see how to do that with creativity. I'm sure there's people listening that are like, whatever business they're in, even CPA, right? Teacher, Mm -hmm. attorney, all of us want to hear on behalf of our clients or the people that we work with and be a blessing to them as believers. What would you say to those who are struggling with that? And that's like, I just don't hear anything. I, I so want to. What would you say to someone like that? I would say, stop trying to listen past what you hear. That's good. A lot of times, just like I was saying when I was a kid, it had to be grandeur. It had to be this audible, lightning-like sounds of many thunder voice and sounds of many waters. But it's like we're given the heart of God and we're given the mind of God. It's Christ in us that's the hope of glory, right? Or we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Like both of those verses, it's like, You are so closely knit to him that you can hardly tell where he begins and where you end or where you begin and he ends. It's a connection that can't be broken. A lot of times when I'm doing activations with people, I I remind them that, hey, do you remember that time that you heard this and this outcome happened and you're like, whoa, that was a total God thing, but it totally sounded like me? Yeah, yeah, I do. Well, it's it's because you're hearing his voice. And I've even had a lot of people say, like, that's just so hard for me to believe. I'm sorry. It's so hard for me to believe that his voice is so closely related to my voice, like that his heart is so closely related to my heart that it's hard for me to tell the difference. But when you think about it, it's like, what kind of loving father, what kind of loving parent wouldn't want that for their children? Wouldn't want their children to know them so much. Like, I mean, I remember even saying this about my wife, like, I wish she could plug into my thoughts so she knows my thoughts for her. Mm-hmm. Like if, if, if people could just know how much they're cherished, I guess hearing the voice of God to me is like where Jesus spoke to his disciples and said, I'm right here. You're not just a servant of mine. You're my friend. And a friend, like a, a master wouldn't share all of his intimate plans merely with a servant. So since I've shared everything with you, I don't call you a servant, I call you a friend. And knowing that he wasn't just talking to the disciples or his his like close 12, he was talking to all of us because it's how he was experiencing the father himself being fully God and fully man. Like I can't tell the difference between his voice and my voice, but you can tell the difference between the way it feels if it's the enemy or if it's or if it's righteous, if it's Jesus. You can tell there's a total different shift in feel there. Yeah, there's usually some sense of anxiousness. Oh, totally. When it's the enemy. I feel like we should pause right here. And Johnny, I'd love for you to pray for our listeners regarding that whole area of hearing his voice and encouraging the listeners with that. Would you do that, please? Absolutely. Papa, I want to go to one of my favorite scriptures. One of the favorite one of my favorite prayers in scriptures is is that the eyes of our imagination be opened. 
So Father, I pray over anyone hearing this right now, anyone who's inspired by this or encouraged by this, who goes on to speak or do for other people, that that the eyes of their imagination and the eyes of their heart be illuminated and opened by you, Father. Holy Spirit, I just ask right here and right now that you permeate, that you totally penetrate every single border or barrier that we've built up and and just knock that down, Father, that we are able to know you, that we can throw away any type of lie that says that we can't know you fully, that we can't know your heart fully. And Father, I ask that that even be like a springboard point for people to know that we can know others' hearts the way that you see them because we know you. It's been said that all spiritual wisdom, all spiritual knowledge has been a gift from you to us and that we can have all wisdom and all knowledge in you for every situation, Father. So right here and right now, Father, I declare a place where we walk as you, we think as you, we love as you, we hope as you for our clients, for our families, for ourselves, Father, in Jesus' name. That people will say they know you for your goodness in the dealings that they've had with us. That they will know us by how we love and by the detail and how we've loved. Because it comes straight from you, Father. Jesus' name. Amen. How can people find out more about you, Johnny? I'm on Instagram. My personal is Johnny Walsh, at Johnny Walsh 13. Or more of my creative side is at Johnny Walsh Creatives. I am in the middle of building a creative school called The Creators Co. Because I believe that we were all created to create like our creator. Bringing people into how to create. I believe that the plumber, the engineer, the dentist, like all people are creative. I was talking with my accountant and I was just saying like, you're so creative. Like you understand numbers in a way that me and my dyslexic brain does not allow me to understand. I see numbers and I run sometimes. And uh, that accountant is able to create peace in me by understanding numbers the way that God has given them that creative way to know what they're doing. I believe that all people are creative. If you're looking to dive into learning how to create, definitely uh, Johnny Walsh Creatives or go to at creators.co on Instagram as well. Fantastic. Johnny, so good to hear your story. So powerful, so encouraging. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the show and share this with someone you believe would be encouraged and motivated by these stories. Until next time, I'm Brian Robinson reminding you that the greatest decision you could ever make is to ask Jesus Christ to become the Lord of your life. If you haven't done that, read Romans chapter 10 verses 9 through 11. Thanks again for listening.